Any questions tonight? Yes. I have three questions actually. One philosophical and one two not just simple. I was um I just read a description of, of Subal Sakya. Sakya. That he is golden in color mm. and wears yellow and has blue eyes, the color of a lotus blue lotus flower. So um, it made me think that maybe he's part of Radharani's family. Is he the son of one of Vishabhanu's brothers? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I heard that he also has the same facial features as Radharani. What made you think that he was... Because he was golden in color? Yeah, oh, he's with blue eyes. Uh-huh. And I also in that um, gopastami pastime where he disguises himself as right. a Radharani disguises herself mm-hmm. as him because they have the same facial features. Mm-hmm. Subal is one of the important <coughs> paradigmatic figures in the Brajlila, and he is amongst Krishna's friends who are. Um, privy to or involved in, I should say, his romantic affairs to the extent that they are. Um, he's the leader of them. Um, and he looks like Radharani. Um, his parents aren't described in Bhaktivedanta Sindhu or Rupa Goswami's Radhakrishna Gonadesh Deepika, like some other friends of Krishna's parents are. Mm-hmm. But um, some saints have envisioned the twelve principal coward boys, friends of Krishna and Balaram, Dwarasa Gopal and Astasaki, eight principal gopis, twelve, and eight makes what? Twenty. Twenty, right? To be all part of the extended, extended family of Radharani, whose father had there was five of them, brothers. Brihad Banu, Rishabhanu, Brihad Banu, this Banu and that Banu. <laughs> it was like Nanda Marsh. It had brothers. Uh, Nanda Marsh. Upananda, Nandana, Sunanda, and so forth. Nanda is the verbal Sanskrit root for the word bliss for Ananda, for joy. And Banu is, means light. Mm-hmm. So, certainly, from Radharani's side, we get light. He sheds light on Krishna. He's beautiful, but in the light of his Shakti, then he shines that much more beautiful. So, some of them have reason, as I say, that um, all of those Radha Sugopals and the eight Sakis 
they were all coming from the, the Banus, hmm? from Radharani's side. Rupa Swami seems to differ a little bit, a couple instances in Radhakrishna Gonadish Dipika. Nanamna Thakur is Prayobhakti Rasa sees uh, Sudama in that light. Hmm. I think Rupa Swami depicts him a little bit differently. Certainly Sridham is said everywhere to be the brother of Radharani. Hmm. Um, when Gopakumar of Great Bhagavatamrita became Sarupa, which was his Gopal name in Goloka, when he attained Vastu Siddhi, perfection, hmm, entered into Krishna Lila, he was uh, referred to as um, by that name. Hmm. Sarupa, and describes himself, uh, his experience, Hello? Shall I continue? Meeting Krishna as Krishna is returning from cow herding with his friends and the cows and so forth, and then being taken uh, home to Krishna's house. I think he slept over that night. And, and in the morning there's breakfast, and during the breakfast, um, Krishna tasted the Manuhar Ladu, prepared by Radharani, took a bite and then spit it out and threw it on the plate of um, Sarupa, who was sitting on his left side. And Sarupa was startled, and so was everybody else. And Nandamarsh turned, turned, glanced towards Radharani, What's going on? What have you done? And um, Krishna told this is fit for him, he should eat this. And so not knowing so much what to do, I guess sort of just ate it and it was delicious. And then he knew this was a joke. Krishna was playing a joke, pretending that he didn't like it. And everyone laughed, but also in the context of this joke, then Sarupa could understand there was siksha being given by Krishna. Hmm? That's how it works <laughs> on a higher level. Hmm? And the siksha was, oh, I'm a member of Radharani's family. That's why I threw it on my plate. I said, you eat it. You're from her family, in other words. You, know, you eat her cooking, you eat this. I'll not eat this. I'm not from her family. She doesn't know how to cook. Something like that. So he understood it in that way. That way he knew where to go home that night. Hmm? To go that side. Hmm? I guess he didn't get his ekadas bhav <laughs> beforehand. <laughs> wasn't all, you know, <laughs> all the details thought out there, played out. Not criticizing that. That's a, that's a way, but um, sometimes people make it as law. You have to have this, 11, all 11. Some say six, some say seven, some say nine will, will lead the way.
Walker Short asked Bhagavati told Bhagavad Sarasti Thakur, you realize you're Sarup Swarup in a, in the syllables of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. So therefore his emphasis on Kirtan. It will bring about the purity of heart that enables us to meditate and the meditation could naturally and provide the details. So um, we find Sarupa Gopakumar. On that side, sitting on the left side means same thing. Radharan's on the left side of Krishna. So um, these are the two, then, as I've said before, main families of the, the brothers, the, the Banus and the, and the Nandas, if you will. <laughs> and uh, so they are the, you know, the, uh, if you want to meditate on who your father is, you can think Nanda Maharaj, Vishwabhanda Maharaj, they're both fathers. It's said that any cowherd male coming from Nanda's side who comes to Vishwabhanda's side is welcomed in every house as if a family member. They've got a place to stay there. Maybe you should come to the side, something like that. Such is the nature of their uh, relationship. So, um, so, Subal comes from from that side. Indeed, it's said by Raghunath Das Goswami, who has given 108 names of Radharani in uh, one of his writings. And in the names there, um, he mentions Subal Nyasta is one of the names of Radha. And the name means, if we play it out, it means who, um, who, who takes the form of Subal. The implication is to experience Sakirasa fully. Radharani manifests the form of Subal. Sattva Subal looks like um, Radharani. Hmm? So is he a manifestation of Radharani, like the Gopis? He's um, Shakti, but he's also one of the Dvarasugal Pals. Hmm? He's somewhat like like Brenda Devi. We don't know who her parents are. Hmm? Special player. Hmm? Madhurango, kind of similar. Hmm? But um, but yes, we think of him as as this in this way as a manifestation of Radha, but as a Gopal, we don't say he's Radha. He's, he's a Gopal. He's uh, you you have you know you have an Angamanjari is the Shakti manifestation of Balaram. We don't say the Balaram is Angamanjari. And, and they're the same. They're, they're, they're the one, but they're different. The difference is, 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 is um, worth taking note of also. Radha and Krishna are one. But, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had to be, Krishna had to become Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to experience Radha. Hmm. 
said that Radha and Krishna are one, and therefore there's no need for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu because they're one. So every experience of Radha's is the experience of Krishna's. No. If that was the case, there would be no Lord Chaitanya, and we wouldn't be here. Hmm. Of course, Balaram is not uh, trying to taste the experience of a Nangamanjari. Hmm. Nangamanjari is tasting the experience of Krishna from a certain perspective, and Balaram is tasting the experience of Krishna from a certain perspective. Balaram is also tasting Sakiras from another perspective as an object of, of love for hmm. other cowards. Hmm. Um, but he's not the object of love of of um, of uh, Anangamanjari. Hmm. So it's such an important distinction if we say Subal is a manifestation of Radha. We say he's Subal. <laughs> not Radha, but the, but the connection should be should be should be noted. Right, hmm. and and he's very prominent in the Goswami's leelas. So the, these certain boys, Manu Mangal, Ujwal, um, Subal, particularly, these are mentioned repeatedly in the Goswami's leelas, all about Madhurya Rasa. They, they're always there. So um, they all have. Sakyabhav, and while they themselves are group leaders in Sakyarasa, they also have gopis who serve as group, female group leaders for them as well. And you may have a group leader amongst the cowards in terms of Sakyarasa, and Yuteshwar is the male and Yuteshwari the female. Yuteshwar means, Yuta means group, Ishwar means leader. So Yuteshwar is a male group leader for Sakiras, for example, and Yuteshwari is a female group leader for Mandurya Like Lita and Vishaka have said, they're female group leaders, but they, rather than having their own group, they subordinate themselves to Radha as friends of hers. Now, Chandravali is another group leader. Radha has her group, right? So, these Priyanarmasakas, like Subal, Ujjwal, and so forth, they have some connection with group leaders like Alita, Madhubangal, Vishaka, Ujjwala, and Radharani, or Subal. They have kunjas along the banks of, uh, around Shamkund, and so they have special meeting places there to get advices and bring messages and and render various services and so forth. These boys have a desire to taste Sringarasa. Mm-hmm. It's been mentioned in Bhakti Rasamrita Bindu by Vishwanachakritakur, but it should not be misunderstood. And that they have a desire to have a romantic relationship with Krishna, like the gopis. When someone is, and I've explained this before in the book as well, when someone in a particular rasa, like a coward boy in Sakya rasa, has a desire to t- taste or attraction to another rasa that's favorable, compatible, 
like Madhurya Rasa, then that Madhurya Rasa serves as a stimulant for that coward's, this example, Sakya Rasa, to take it to new heights that Sakya Rasa unto itself would not attain. So while Sakya Rasa generally attains a height that's, 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 um, a step below Vatsalya Rasa, these cowards experience extends be above and beyond the intimacy of Vatsalya Rasa and very close to the upper heights of experience within Madhurya Rasa, up to Rudra Mahabhav, in the context of their Sakya Rasa. That's very peculiar. Um, uh, so, our window of opportunity then, um, that should also be understood with regard to Sakyarasa. Um, the different types of Sakyarasa are there, but with regard to the Priyanarma Sakas, then you see who's mentioned in the Goswami's leaders. Who are they? Because there are all kinds of Priyanarma Sakas. Hmm. But these are ones who, his Ujwal, um, and Sri Subal, as I'm mentioning, we see in the leader they're all connected with the group leaders who are in Radha's group. There's a verse in Sadhya uh, Nujvam Nilamani of how different. Um, Priyanarma Sakas are bringing messages and from different gopis and so on and so forth. And you see some of them are bringing from from competitor groups of Radharani. And so we're not interested in those. So we see the proper reading here and see this, this opportunity that Goswamis are offering us in relation to this kind of um, you know, say, I don't want to be a Priyanarma Saka who's my group leader is example, is Chandravali or something like this would not be. So, rather to follow the way of the, what the Goswamis are offering in terms of a window of opportunity. So, so yeah, we think of Subal in this way, identified fully with the Radha side, and a manifestation of Radha for Leela, in Sakyarasa, as I said before, and it's a mis- mistake that we correct here. But some people say, well, someone, Radharani is in Sakyarasa, she can taste Vatsali Rasa or Madhurya Rasa because they're all included within Madhurya Rasa. This is not how it's explained. I've said before, having earth doesn't, it's not like having air or fire. Hmm? But Rupa Goswami has given an example to help us understand the rasas. It's like earth contains all the, um, uh, the what are they called? Elements. Yeah, well, the, the tanmatras. And thank you. And touch, smell, taste, sound, and sight. Earth contains them all. Water contains all of them except for smell. And up you go, fire contains all of them except for smell and taste. And 
they get lesser and lesser, and you end up at um, ether and only sound. And so, using this example, Shantaras is like that, and if you go all the way up, then Madriras is like Earth. But in explaining this, the tan matras, if you will, <laughs> of the rasas are different. There's two of them in Shantarasa, detachment from the world is the characteristic of Shantarasa and attachment to Krishna. Then in Dasyarasa you have those two and something more. In Sakyarasa you have all of that and something more. And on you go. But while Madhuryarasa, for example, may have detachment from Krishna, or attachment to Krishna, detachment from the world, service to Krishna, so on and so forth. The way that those are combined, so to speak, to spell that itself out as Madhuri Rasa, hmm? not as Sakya Rasa and Vatsala. These are all different. So you, it's like you can't hold a lump of earth, you don't have fire. Hmm? It, it may be there in some way, but you're not going to warm the, uh, the uh, you're going to cook with just earth. Let's put it like that. You can warm the house a little. You know, you can get a little warm if you get inside the earth, <laughs> but you're not going to cook with it. Hmm. Is the idea? So, therefore, yes, Radharani may want to taste sakuras, and then there is a ball. Hmm. Something like this. Now we don't have examples of this in all the rasas if we're doing that, but we have the statement of Raghunathaska Swami, and we have the descriptions of her, of him looking like Radha, and so on and so forth. Hmm. And so, the tradition has reasoned, scripturally and spiritually, to arrive at such conclusions, and it's a powerful, actually, pramana coming from Raghunathaska Swami. And then we see in the Leela, the exchanging, um, sometimes Subal dressing up like Radha, for the sake of Leela, Radha uh, in, the, in the toll, What's it called? A tool pastime. Don Kelly. Don Kelly. The play, the Kelly of the tool. So, gopis are coming with milk products, and Krishna says, You can't pass here without passing, paying the toll. And so it begins. <laughs> the discussions begin between the gopis and Krishna's friends, and they're chipping in and saying different things and so forth, and I believe that you, you, you find Radharani in here desiring to experience the intimacy of Subhal hmm, with, with Krishna. Hmm. Um, the fact that Krishna, Subhal can walk with, hand in hand with Krishna, arm in arm in public, hmm, something like this. So that desire has to be fulfilled can't be fulfilled outwardly as gopi in Madhuri Rasa. So there's a form that corresponds with her desire. Should we think it goes on unfulfilled? You see, how you reason like this. You can't, it, it, we don't hear her pining to experience Krishna like Mother Zoda does. And, and those rasas also are not entirely compatible. They're not compatible with one another. Madhurya and Vatsalya, especially the Parakya. 
parents don't want, that's the last thing their parents, parents want is the kids to have parakeya, right? Mm-hmm. So, but, but, but a friend, on the other hand, may support you in that. <laughs> Go for it, you know. That's uh, possible. So, but we, f- we find her with this desire. More than once it's expressed. So, we know there's a corresponding reality to that. And that, you can sense it by what they look like. You could make Ravnikas has come out and said it in a beautiful way in, by giving that, that is one of the names of Radha. So in this way we, we, can, we can draw out these, these uh, conclusions. Um, Ravnikas has made a couple of nice, said, uh, composed a couple of really nice prayers glorifying Subal, whose love flows like a, like a fountain for Radharani. Um, um, and I can't recall the whole prayer, but very beautiful. And um, so, through that form of Sakiras, you make a close connection with Radha and uh, and her group. Mm. So the fact that he has a golden complexion, Radha has a golden complexion. Well, he looks like Radha. So, and what are the colors of his dress is. Yellow. Yellow. Oh, complexion. Golden. Golden. Blue eyes. Blue eyed Indian, that's rare, huh? Yeah. <laughs> we have a Christian Balaram that were purchased originally from Madhavan but came broken. Mm-hmm. Larger size. Arm was broken of Balaram. Mm-hmm. So we repaired it. It's not supposed to be used, but we didn't run you kidnapped them anyway, kept them. Painted Balaram's eyes blue. <laughs> I said it's the only Balaram with blue eyes, but it's possible. Oh really? Only in Alachua. So what else? Okay, my um, second question is: um, Is Nadia in? Somewhere. Nadia is in Vrindavan. It's it's Gupta Vrindavan, so hidden Vrindavan. So inside the, the lotus of Vrindavan, the whirl of the center of the lotus of, of Golok, is the branch, Lila. Mm-hmm. And if you look there, you're going to see Krishna, and you look closely, you're going to see Radha and Krishna. Now, if you keep looking at Radha and Krishna, keep, keep looking, you'll turn into Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? And so therefore, in Prabhupada's painting of his first three volumes of the first canto of the Bhagavatam, he, I guess he had, he, he had an artist depict his, his vision, and there's a sky, if you will, and there's all these um, planets, the Vaikuntha planets, different conceptions, right, of love of God, uh, Indasirasa, Shantaras, love for Nishringa, for Nanaya, for Lama, this, this manifestation and, and another, right? Um, the many worlds of theory of, 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 of Vaikuntha. 
<laughs> and um, and then in the center of all this is a big lotus, right? It's Goloka. Hmm? Now, if you look in that painting, you'll see there's a Matura and a Dwarka also. Yeah, if you look carefully. And if you look more carefully, you'll see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu mm -hmm. uh, doing Kirtan also. So Namadvipa is said to be Nadia, the center, the Braj. And inside of that is another lotus, is a secret, secret of secrets, is the Gauralila. Hmm. Um, so, as we often say, I mean, the, the, the Gauralila is, is an extension of Krishna Lila. It cannot be Gauralila, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, cannot be anybody else but Krishna. He cannot be Bhamanan or Shringa or another avatar like them. Because why? Because none of them are privy to Lila Madhurya. Hmm. Hmm. Prema Madhurya. And we go, Venu Madhurya, Rupa Madhurya. These are four qualities of Krishna that are not found in Narayan. Prema Madhurya means he's surrounded by devotees with this extraordinary prem, sweet prem, not not Prema Ishvarya, but Prema Madhurya. So none of the forms of Narayan are surrounded by those kinds of devotees. Lila Madhurya. Yes, Varaha has a lila, Shringa has a lila, but Krishna lila is Madhurya. It's very sweet. Very sweet, very charming, very human-like, and so forth. So, it's a quality particular, you know, to him. The Shringa is a special; he's a manifestation of Krishna. But I'm saying all the Vaikuntha avatars. It's a little sweet. The Shringa, Pradhan, he's pretty sweet. But then the Brajlila is the Madhuri Lila. So, the desire to taste Madhuriya from the gopis' perspective, it's coming in Krishna, it's not going to come in, in anyone else. If they want to taste it, they get a chance to taste it when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comes. Everybody in Vaikuntha, all the gods in Vaikuntha, get a chance to taste something about that in relation to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who's, the dis, 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 uh, who's um, extending it, and distributing it, who's, who, from whom it's overflowing in the context of his own experience of that. So, gore has to be Krishna. Hmm. Krishna desiring to taste the Prima Madhurya has to be Krishna trying to think. Krishna, who would think of it? Hmm. Even. Hmm. And therefore, and Krishna's coming in the world as Mahabharata and teaching people about it to try to pay back his debt to the gopis. Hmm. Right? In Rasalila, he finds himself his capacity to reciprocate exhausted. And he says, your saintliness is your own reward to repay you. I'll have to be a saint. And once in every day of Brahma, appear as a saint and preach your glories in such a way that the world will know, Vaikuntha will know about it. Hmm? Something very special is happening. It's called Mahavaikuntha. So even in Vaikuntha, it's, it's pretty much not known. Hmm? Some partial manifestation of it is there in Vaikuntha when Narayan shows the Janmastami Leela. Of course, it's not 
entirely like the brush, and therefore Gopu Kumar couldn't be satisfied with that alone. So, Navadvip is as much, and the point I'm making to you, as much as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Gore is Krishna, his abode, Navadvip is Vrindavan. It's just that things are turned around. Like I've given the example of the reverse jacket, things are turned around. It's the exact same abode, it's the same extension of the same Leela. It's not a Leela of Narayan. So, Navadvip is not in Vaikuntha. You won't find it there, it's unheard of there. Vishnu Chapati Thakur has a beautiful poem, Swapna Bilas, I think it's called, The Dream Leela, Tattvamasi, and Radharani has a dream, and she sees a golden Brahman and becomes attracted to him. Wakes from the dream and asks Krishna about it, and comes to the Upanishadic conclusion, Tattvamasi, you are him. She says to Krishna, Tattvamasi, you are him, I got it. Mm. In a special way, and this is another, so it's another beautiful way of talking about it, of course. Mm. But, yes, Namadvipa is is non-different from Vrindavan. Let's speak of in Vrindavan, it is Vrindavan. Mm. Vrindavan kind of tweaked in a particular way. (laughs) so to speak, right? Everything reversed. Krishna uh, putting himself in the place of the, uh, the lover rather than the object of love. Mm. And he becomes a special object of love mm. by which one can attain the highest love. By his example. So, Navadvipa is Vrindavan. What else? The third question is, I, I just want I was listening to the lecture of Rana that was asking you a question about um, that every jiva soul is exactly the same for all tatasta, with the inclination to either be covered by Maya or by Soviet Shakti. I guess I just wanted to know if my understanding of it was... Yeah, the jivas are uniform coming from Mahavishnu. One becomes many. This is the idea. Biased, partial. So Mahavishnu becomes many. doesn't make one better than another. Hmm? One different from another. He manifests innumerable jivatmas. Hmm? Of course, there's no beginning to any of this. Hmm? We are driven to want beginnings, but why? I have no experience of beginning. Other people say I began and there wasn't at another time but I have no experience of that. I only have experience of existing. Mm. Mm. You too. Yeah. <laughs> so, this why I bother with this origins idea. It's, the experience is the ultimate pramana, mm. ultimate evidence that we'll go by. So I have no experience of not existing. Mm. I have experience of, of my existence always being troublesome to some extent, hmm. but that I have a sense of individual existence that's troublesome hmm, is in a way a indicator, a sign of, of an existence that is uh, mine 
it's not troublesome. It means, it means, in other words, the ahankar is that which kind of distinguishes not only one individual from another. Ahankar is like two aspects. It's like I am is the one side, and ahankar and abhiman. Abhiman means I am, and a sense of kind of entitlement and. Uh, to arrogate that something belongs to me, I have rights, mm. and things are mine. Um, so an I and mine, in one sense, I and mine. But the I and mine, while overall we describe it as problematic, the fact is also that Vishnu manifests the world out of joy, not to give anybody a problem. Yes, Narayan wants to be the savior and so forth. He manifests jivas. Maya Shakti is there. There's the jivas. The ahankar is part of the subtle matter that that causes this individual identification and the world. It it makes a divide between the objective world and the subjective experiencer. That's why out of a hunkar, combined with sattva, rajasa, tamas, you get the different manifestations, according to Sankhya, of the world, the tanmatras, and the sense objects themselves, and, and so on. The, 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 uh, the active, the, the sense perce- the perceiving senses, the, the uh, motor senses, and so forth. So, hunkar and sattva, and you have, you know, uh, what... Uh, mind and Ankar and Rajas, Thomas, and you have the elements themselves. So this Ankar is kind of making the world hmm? and the distinctions that we have between subjective and objective. Hmm? And as much as it kind of defines us in a way, it gives us a sense of individuality that's problematic. Hmm? It it's, it's in a way, from a really broad perspective, the material energy is working to... She's, she's just doing her part. Vishnu becomes many out of joy. His, his area of jurisdiction is that of Maya, who he doesn't get close to, but he manifests the jivas, and they, in relation to Maya, then they get... Um, um, and she's trying to help him. Is that what I want to say? From a really broad perspective, she's trying to help them experience all they can be. And so even the... That's why you can make an argument that when the jiva starts to identify itself and and um, search for authentic an authentic self... Hmm? Even the sense, sense search for an, an authentic psychological self, if you will, is moving in the direction of the real self. So the Abhiman kind of aspect has that side to it. So to have a psychological authentic um, uh, self is, is well, you know, to know your boundaries and 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 to be come into balance and this is 
to use psychological terms, this is all coming to a sattvic sense of self. Hmm? So you can't you can't do, hmm. within matter this ahankar and this abhiman, they're they're forming this self. So you can use the very thing that's often talked of in a pejorative sense. You know, it's bad. It's attachment. Abhiman is a conceit, a sense of entitlement, and so forth. At the same time, without that, in one sense, there's no hint of a self, individual self, hint of an individual self that's problematic, hints at an individual self that's not problematic. And so trying to find my authentic self is part of the Abhiman aspect of Ahankar. Hmm? Trying to find my authentic self and and there is one ultimately and the more you come into balance and by that I mean sattva hmm, the clearer the vision is and ultimately you, you see I'm, I'm, I'm to use the Sankhya term I am the Purush hmm, or you use the Gita Sarna and Parapakriti I am hmm, Tatasta Shakti hmm, I'm not matter at all hmm. so it's a kind of a broad way of looking at how Vishnu wants to become many. Material energy wants to help. <laughs> so from a, from a homogeneous kind of condition within Susupti, within this mystic slumber, yoga. Oh, careful. Within the mystic yogic sleep of of Mahavishnu we call Susupti hmm? then you know, he, he, he awakes to become many and with his awakening or sometimes ex- exhalation then the one becomes many and the many move from kind of homogeneity towards heterogeneity hmm? as I said before first taking the shape of the Brahma hmm? Ranigarva and then so forth and the karma and the hunkar and and first the subtle psychic the psyche is developed and awake and so it's of course it has, it has no beginning it happens again and again and it has, there's no beginning to that but in one a broader broader sense material nature is also the uh, you know the servant of Bhagwan Paramatma here mm-hmm. so the hunkar and abhiman, you can you can look at it in this way. It's trying to help, but it's but uh, it's it's problematic. So we need some extra help. Hmm? But the very attempt to find an authentic self, what am I? That you know that that, that drive that that hunkar says you are an individual, hmm? and so. But but each 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 jeev is different in that. Their beginning has no beginning, <laughs> and it's it's always got this psychic and physical so that come that manifests and becomes unmanifest, and those are differences. But those differences are superficial. Hmm? They're superficial. Hmm? When we take them off, then the jivas are all equal. They're all equally vibrant, equally. Um, units of free units of will that that can make a wish and 
and um, go over the rainbow. Mm-hmm. That's what they can do with a little help. <laughs> they need a balloon, you know. Um, so, <laughs> it's before your time, but it's a, it's a perennial, you know. <laughs> so, make a wish, and so th- if you make a wish in relation to Swarup Shakti, um, it will come through, come true. Now, Chintamani Swarup, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, referred to the holy name as Chintamani Swarup. Based on the influence of bhakti, chant Harinam, make a wish, and become something like that. So, um, each one has equal opportunity to do that. Each one is equal, but it's a, it's it's that may sound like you're not an individual, but you have to understand it properly because each is an individual unit that has equally the same components. Yeah, but the nature of the components are, is that they're they're alive. So, for example, we say it's a unit of will, and will is unpredictable. So each one is is unpredictable in that sense, and potentially potentially different, although one. And that difference will come out in relation to the environment. So it comes out in relation to the material environment with the pseudo-personality and so on and so forth that, that's, um, that we need to move you know, away from, as I'm saying. And when it's, that personality is formed and expressed in relation to bhakti and the opportunity that bhakti affords us, then each each coward boyfriend of Krishna is, is different. Each one thinks Krishna loves him the most and each one is right. And that's beautiful. Right? That's the beauty of Sakyaras. And in, in Madhuras, everyone, they all think Krishna doesn't love me. <laughs> I'm not sure. That's exciting, too. And that causes for another, <laughs> you know, for a confirmation every now and then, a new height. But in Sakyarasa, they're all pretty sure of themselves. <laughs> That's the nature of the Sakyaras. It's full of um, confidence. Confident about their relationship with Krishna, no doubts. Krishna's my friend, and he's, he loves me most, and they're all right. That's Sanatana Swami's beautiful statement. So, so yeah, that's how they're. And the Paramatma, of course, is this equal. He's unbiased. Ram is going to be biased towards Ram Bhaktas. Krishna's going to be biased towards Krishna bhaktas, so there's a bias in the spiritual world that's beautiful. So bhakti has a bias. When the, when the Vedanta Sutra, when the question is raised in the sutras, God must be biased or partial because some people are better off than others. And of course the sutra answers, no, that's not God, that's karma. You know, you, you plugged into the material machine and it responded. And that's justice, and God is just, so He does. He doesn't interfere with Maya. You say, why doesn't He interfere with Maya? Well, He has a relationship with all of His shaktis, and the relationship has to be 
appropriate relative to who they are and what they do. Hmm? So if he over if he's to entirely override the Maya Shakti, then she has no no function. Hmm? So her function is is you know, as I said in a broad way, she's trying to help the Jivas, but it's problematic. So um, she's also the kind of the, the just response. You did this you know, the Bible says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a good story because there's more to that. I was told, I think, Brenda Rennie told me she looked that up and the next few words played that out in a way that's interesting. I think it turns in the direction of some Gaudiya perspective. But, but at any rate, um, you, you, you take from the environment and you owe. So Krishna doesn't, God doesn't interfere with Maya Shakti. That's like, okay, that's between, that's between the two of you, he says, between Jiva and Maya. That's you guys who do that. Let me work that out. Hmm. Um, then this, so then, then, then the sutras ask, well, okay, you say it's because of karma, but then what happened at the beginning when karma started? If they were all equal, one must have started in, it must have started off unequally. And the Sutra said, of course, no, there is no beginning to the world, which means there's no beginning to karma because there's no meaning There's no meaning to a world, material world, without karma. So there's no beginning to the world. You can't say, well, there's no beginning to the world, but there's a beginning to karma. No. You can't say that. Um, if you say, well, there's a beginning to each individual's karma, then but not the world. You can't say that either because somebody's got to be there in the beginning. <laughs> right? There's got to be karma. If there's going to be karma, it has to be somebody's. You can't have a principle of karma and it belongs to nobody. <laughs> so so there's no, no way around it. I mean, you can't say, well, it says the world has no beginning. This is the karma does. You don't understand that. The world is karma. That's what the material world is. That's what's making it go around. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And the jiva has no beginning, and God has no beginning. And the term anadi is used for all of them. So when it's used for karma, you can't make up a new meaning now for that. Mm-hmm. So then, but then the scripture ends that adhikaran, that section, and a new adhikaran starts and says, but what about the partiality of God towards his devotees? And the sutra says, well, that's not a fault. That's his greatest ornament. Mm-hmm. He's Bhaktivatsal. Well, he has many different ornaments and qualities, and this is the center of all of them. Because if he was not affectionate to his devotees, then there would be no impetus to be devoted to him. Mm-hmm. So that is another thing. Oh, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. That's under the influence of the Sarup Shakti. Mm-hmm. And he is under the influence of the Sarup Shakti. So he's partial towards the devotees. He's not partial towards those who are interacting with karma. That's between you two. Again, that's between you and Maya. You work that out. Hmm? Just like people say, mm. he's doing this. He says, I said, that's between. You. I got. Ask me the philosophy. <laughs> you got to work that out. <laughs> so, so the point is that Bhagwan is just. God must be just. Right, mm-hmm. but he must also be merciful. The two, so he's just, 
and that he defers to karma, he's not involved there. As we know, he's involved only with bhakti. And he's partial to his devotees because he's under the influence of his own srupa shakti that's manifesting in them. He moves under her, within her orbit, so to speak. Right? And so, in, in, with regard to his partiality to the devotees, they feel so partial towards him, they love him, and from their vantage point, as devotees of Bhagavan, then they are, they are, one of their qualities, secondary qualities, is their compassion. So as we know, they extend compassion to the ordinary people by trying to give them bhakti, and they're just, and they have experience of the suffering of others, so it's easy for them to do on that account as well, but also because the secondary quality of bhakti is compassion. Hmm? Krishna has compassion in relation to the devotees. Devotees have a compassion in relation to Krishna, and they see everything in relation to Krishna. So, so Krishna's compassion then, his mercy, is extended to those who are involved with karma through the devotees, and they intercede. That's called sadhusanga. Uh, what is the word used in the Bhagavatam? How Sukadeva appeared out of yadruchaya. Yadruchaya. How did Nikolas he appeared on the scene to answer the, the, the plight of the Raj Parikshit? Hmm? Means that bhakti is moving beyond cause and effect, the law of karma. That's what it means. It's causeless. It means it's not under the under mercy. It's not under the influence of cause and effect karma. Hmm? It's compassion is not a cause. It's an it's an overflow. Hmm? It's not this. It's not you deserve this. Therefore, I should. You know, it's like it's love. It's out of, out of a fullness that it, it overflows. Hmm? So the devotees are naturally compassionate. They are the kripa shakti of Bhagavan. Kripa means mercy. So they are the his his uh, shakti of of, uh, of of compassion and mercy. And they get to and they by giving they intervene on this affair between the jivas and maya, jiva shakti and maya shakti, that divine intervention. And sadhusanga, sadhusanga, sarva-shastrikoi, lava-matra, sadhusanga, sarva-siddhi-hoi. It just starts, just a fraction of that starts the course in another direction. Now there's another factor in your life. So just the karma is always there as a force in the world. Bhakti is always there in the world also. Hmm? And if you're lucky, it's said, Right? A good fortune to meet a devotee, hmm? and the course of your life has changed. Gradually, that accumulates, and we call bhakti samskar or bhakti sukriti. Hmm? And at a certain point, it starts to show itself as, as faith in in bhakti, efficacy of bhakti, and so forth. Hmm? So God is both just and merciful, both at the same time. Therefore, there he has to defer uh, to to the karma. Hmm? That my shakti has has to do something. It's have some role to play. And it's you know, even we try to look at it as in a positive way, but it, you know, it's problematic. Even if you look at it as a negative way, she gives negative impetus. The hunkar and the problem 
Abhiman is, 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 well, just that. I'm an individual, but my individual existence is problematic. And so, but I, I want a real, authentic, happy self. So, negative impetus is useful. Right? The positive impetus is there from the devotees. The negative impetus is there from Maya Shakti yourself. You could learn some lessons just by, hey, I don't put my hand in that fire or burn. I'm going to do it again. Hmm? So we, you know, we do something. We, we get we get burned again and again. We do. It's hard though because we have a, you know, you're a tendency for it. You've got a sound scar. You can see there are things you just do, and you know you're doing it. You know you don't want to do it, but you do it. And these these are material sound scars. That it's difficult to they're difficult to change. Hmm? Difficult to change. Habits formed in youth. Difficult to, as I say, overcome. Hmm? But bhakti is a powerful force, so it's possible that you can correct some you know, without bhakti and improve your situation. People say we only have the choice to choose bhakti with mind. It's not like that. There's choices within bhakti also. Hmm? There's choices within matter also. Otherwise, there would be no meaning to the shastras, which tell you do this and don't do that. You had no choices. It's not that you just choose Maya and then Maya just takes over. But the more you choose Maya, the more your choices are going to be reinforced, such that you, in a sense, tend to choose them again and again. And then the extent to which you have will and can exercise it, is is very limited hmm? because you exercise it in relation to material nature and its nature is to obscure what you are hmm? whereas if you if you exercise your will in relation to bhakti your effort like somebody was saying you should give out free pdfs of the book i said we could print all the books if we had a wealthy congregation and give them out for free that would be mercy but then there would be no effort hmm? So you need mercy and effort, therefore you've got to pay for the book. And that's the effort. And then, as Prabhupada said, you'll read it. <laughs> you'll think it's important. I made an effort for this. I paid for this. <laughs> I should read it. Something like that. So, if we make effort in relation to bhakti, the merciful opportunity of bhakti, and then what the influence of bhakti does, it doesn't obscure, but it illumines. And the fact that we're a unit of will becomes more and more manifest rather than less and less manifest and more and more covered. Hmm? And so now you're a free soul. Therefore, the liberated soul is said to be Satya Sankalpa. Hmm? Like Krishna. Because in the context of Leela Seva, then he only wants to please Krishna in the Leela, then if he wants to give Krishna this or that, then... Hmm. Srupa Shakti is facilitating all of that. So the devotees in Madhurya Rasa, Sakya Rasa, etc., they have different desires. Hmm? They're fully persons in that sense, of will, with choices, and so on and so forth. But within an environment, of the, within the parameters of the Srupa Shakti, that is all working only for the pleasure of Krishna. So from the, from the Abheda point of view, non-difference between Jiva, for example, and Bhagavan. Bhagavan has so many desires. He wants to taste. He's Rasaraj. 
And he does so through all the liberated jivas. From the Abheda perspective, because we say we're one and different, so we look at the different, the beta, the beta perspective, the difference, hmm? and so many jivas have so many desires, hmm? all of which are being under the influence and within the parameters of Shrupa-shakti for the pleasure of Krishna only. Hmm? Coward boys wanted to taste the tal fruits. Do you study the language there? Out of praying, they wanted to taste. They want only for the pleasure of Krishna. Hmm. So it's complicated. I mean, they have their own will, but it's only the will to, only the will to satisfy the, to be an instrument for the will of Krishna. Please, Krishna. So again, you can look at it from the Beda point of view or the Abheda point of view. Um, but. But the basic point, of course, is, as I say, Maya Shakti obscures and the Srupa Shakti illumines. It illumines, it illumines the fact that you're a unit of will. If it obscures, it obscures the fact that you're a unit of will and people more or less become robots and prakriti kriyamanani gunai karmani sarvasa ahankara bhimunatma kartahamitilamit. They think they're doing things, but actually it's just the functions of material nature. And they're so I, they're identified with them, lost in that, like a virtual reality. Hmm. So, yeah, the idea is stay very strongly under the influence of bhakti. We have a lot of work to do hmm. to to clear away the material samskaras. And in the context of that, you're creating bhakti samskaras at the same time. You're building yourself a house in, in Goloka. Developing a spiritual form. It's beautiful. You need, you need a new t shirt. I don't think, think that one can be washed any cleaner. Yeah. What's the time? Eight ten. What time does class start? Six thirty? Seven. Seven. Okay, so. It's a good discussion to clear on that point. Then. Yeah. So, you know, when we say that all the jivas are equal, people say, I mean, we're not persons. I try to explain it. It's very beautiful, actually. We are very dynamic you know, and have great uh, potential in relation to bhakti. There's, a, as I say, in bhakti there's a being and there's a becoming, eternal becoming. In Gyan, there's only being. Stop trying to become. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's stop trying to become materially. You are sat. You are. You are real. You do exist. Don't trust. Try to stop trying to exist. You do exist. Stop trying to be pleasured. You are pleasure. A unit of it. But in bhakti, that being is also becoming. From satchidananda to sandini, sambit, ladini, and of all the developments in Bhakti Rasa. And as Pujapachi Maharaj put it well, in this school, we're all students forever. So there's an eternal becoming in the context of Bhakti. Newer and newer. Even while there are known origins and ends. <laughs> right. There are no beginnings. Friends, Srupa Shakti is that, that's what it does. There's mm. an end to karma. End to karma. There's no end to bhaktis. 
ways, if you will, for pleasing Krishna. He's got a big imagination. His, his, his slumbers, Mahavishnu's daydreams, as Goloka. I think I'd like to hear this and hear this. Shishigora Ramadavaki Jai. Go back to Vindaki Jai. Oh, Premanandi.